Jonah chapter 2, verse 1. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall look again upon your holy temple. The waters closed over, in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head at the root of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Yes, Heavenly Father, we pray that in the power of your Spirit you would speak and change us by your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Do please take a seat. I wonder, as we meet here today, whether you are in distress in a group such as this. Some of us will be in distress. And that may be because of something that others uh, know about. It may be caused by something that only you are aware of. Your distress may be caused by something for which you have no responsibility, but it's having a big impact on your life. Or on the other hand, you may be all too aware that what, that what is causing your distress is basically your fault. You have brought it on yourself. And if anything, that just magnifies your distress, that sense of uh, awareness that you have uh, brought it down on yourself. Either way, if you are in distress, as we gather here this morning, then... This section of the Bible we're looking at today is especially for you. We have uh, come, as you will be aware, to the second episode in this mini-series that we're in on the book of the prophet Jonah, and it would be really great if you could have that open in front of you. It's on page 774, if you're not there already in the Bibles, page 774, and we're looking at Jonah chapter 2. And this begins with Jonah in very great distress and it is his fault let's remind ourselves uh, why that is what's been happening so far well Jonah the prophet was commanded by God to go to the great and pagan city of Nineveh and preach against their wickedness and Jonah says no and he runs off in the opposite direction and he boards a ship to take him well out of reach or so he hopes but God will not take no for an answer 
So he arranges by means of a great storm and some terrified sailors to have Jonah thrown overboard and then swallowed by a great fish. But instead of dying, Jonah is kept alive in the fish. And then after three days, he is sicked up on the beach, rescued. But that is to get slightly ahead of ourselves. Episode 1 in chapter 1 ends with Jonah being swallowed. Chapter 1, verse 17, just before our chapter, and the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And then episode two is taken up with what Jonah says to God from inside the fish before he is vomited up on the beach. So it begins, chapter two, verse one, then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God, from the belly of the fish, saying, and the rest of the chapter, apart from uh, the very last verse, is all his prayer. So you'll see on the back of the service sheet that my title today is Crying Out to God, and I have four simple headings that we're going to go through as we think about this. First of all, Jonah's distress. Secondly, Jonah's cry. Thirdly, God's answer. And finally, Jonah's thankfulness. And you can see all of that there in verse 2, right at the beginning of Jonah's prayer. This is a kind of quick overview of what the whole thing is going to be about. Chapter 2, verse 2. So Jonah prays, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. The distress, the cry, the answer and the thankfulness. We'll take a look at each in turn. So first of all, Jonah's distress. By the way, before we go any further, let me just make a comment. In case you are sat there thinking to yourself, this could not possibly have happened. Nobody gets swallowed by a great fish and lives inside it for three days to tell the tale. Well, Some people do take this little book of Jonah as a parable. That is a story from which we can learn a great deal, but which didn't actually happen. And Jesus, of course, often taught using parables. I am not persuaded that that is the right way to read Jonah. To my mind, we should be reading this as history. It happened. What it teaches only really has force if that is so. To be sure, Jonah's experience was miraculous, but God can and does make miracles happen. And in fact, the repentance that we see in this book, the repentance of Jonah, and then the repentance of the city of Nineveh to which Jonah preaches, that repentance is probably a greater miracle even than the miracle of the fish. Such is the hardness of our hearts and the resistance that we have to God's voice. But what seals it is the reference that Jesus makes to Jonah when he's asked for a sign to prove himself. This is from Matthew chapter 12, verses 39 to 40. But Jesus answered them, an evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So Jesus draws a parallel between Jonah's experience 
and his own coming death and resurrection. And if we believe in resurrection and the resurrection of Jesus, as we must do, then what is a few nights B&B in a great fish? So back to where we were, my first heading, Jonah's distress. I called out to the Lord, out of my distress, Jonah says. This prayer is the outpouring of Jonah's heart and soul from the depths of his distress. He is, as he puts it in verse 3, in the belly of Sheol, just as he is in the belly of the fish, though he feels as if he's been swallowed up by death itself. And he describes what's been going, what he's been going through there in verse 3. For you, he's talking to God, for you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. All your waves and billows passed over me. And then he goes on in verse, uh, verses 5 and 6. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head. At the roots of the mountains, I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. What a graphic account that is. Down he goes through the waves, the seaweed entangling him around his head. Down almost, it seems, to the ocean floor, imprisoned by death, never to escape, or so he thought. Jonah gets about as close to physical death as it is possible to get without actually dying. And there's another kind of death represented here too, which is spiritual death, the death of losing God because he has run away from the presence of the Lord, as chapter 1 verse 3 puts it. He has cut himself off from God. He is in deep spiritual and physical distress. Who is responsible for his plight? Jonah could blame the sailors who threw him into the sea. He could blame God. After all, if God had not come up with this ridiculous plan for him to go to Nineveh, none of this would ever have happened. And it was God who, who had whipped up this deadly storm. So Jonah says to God, for you cast me into the deep. But Jonah needs to point the finger at himself. He is the rebel on the run. He is the one fleeing from the presence of the Lord of the universe. And you cannot do that with impunity. That is a deadly, dangerous way to live your life, as Jonah was discovering. I'm reminded uh, of the day that I passed my driving test. We're going back some time uh, for this uh, story. It had taken me a while to pass my driving test. I won't tell you how many times, but it took me a while. And when I did pass, I felt as if I had won Olympic gold. It was the most fantastic feeling. And that evening, I took my parents' car, with their permission, I took my parents' car out uh, for a ride in the countryside to enjoy my newfound freedom, just me and my car. Well, their car, but and my car. And I became careless. I became careless as I was driving. And on a winding country lane, I took a bend too fast. And as I rounded the bend on the wrong side of the road because of the speed that I was going at, I realized that there was a car headed straight for me. And I couldn't get onto my side of the road. And time seemed to stand still. And I thought, in a flash, but it took ages, 
this is my fault. And this is the end. There is no way out of this. I was in distress. And a moment later, I realized that I was still alive. We had not collided. And to this day, I do not know how we did not uh, go head on uh, into each other. It seemed like a miracle to me. The other car drove on past. I pulled up at the side of the road, switched off the engine, and just sat there shaking, trying to take in the lesson that God was teaching me. And that could so easily have been the end of my life, not in the depths of the ocean, but on a country lane. That was a moment of distress that felt like a lifetime. Sometimes our distress is a lot more drawn out. Sometimes it is our fault in the final analysis. Sometimes it is not. Are you in distress? If so, the very first thing we need to know is this, that we are not alone. God sees, God hears, even if our distressing circumstances are part of God's discipline in our life, as they were for Jonah, we need to know that God knows what we're going through. He loves us still. And in our distress, we need to cry out to him. That is just what Jonah does. And that's my next heading. So secondly, Jonah's cry. In the depths of his distress, a miracle takes place in Jonah's heart. Remember what his state of mind has been up to now. He is a rebel on the run. He has been fleeing from the presence of the Lord, says Jonah chapter 1, verse 3, trying to get as far away from the presence of the Lord as he can. But in the nick of time, he comes to his senses and turns back to God. He sees that God has done an amazing miracle of grace in his life and is rescuing him from the depths through his provident con providential control of this great fish. And Jonah turns back to God, stops running away from God in his heart and cries out to him. And that is the miracle of grace, the work of the Holy Spirit in his heart. And you can see how he prays in uh, verse 4 and then verse 7. Verse 4, Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. And verse 7, When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you, into your holy temple. You might say that Jonah's cry is faithful, vocal, and hopeful. It's faithful in the sense that it is full of faith because he comes to his senses like the prodigal son and he looks to God to be his savior last. It's vocal in that he puts into words what is on his heart and he tells God. He directs his cry to God. How easy it is to do that in the belly of a great fish, I don't know. But one way or another, that is what he does. He cries out to God. And it's hopeful in that he's found a fresh confidence in God's saving mercy that he knows will bring him back into God's presence, into the dwelling place of God, his holy temple, the very place from which he had been fleeing and which he now longs for. A New Testament example comes to mind from the experience of the Apostle Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul who finds himself 
in great distress, not through disobedience, but through obedience to the call of Jesus. This is Paul speaking in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself, he says. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us. Again, how clearly we can see there, Paul being faithful and hopeful, even though in the deepest distress. Are you in distress? Like Jonah, like Paul, we need to turn to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, faithfully, vocally, and hopefully. Jonah could see the beginning of his salvation. He realized that the fact that he was alive in the fish was the saving work of God and that God would bring to completion what he had begun. And we too can see God's saving work for us, the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, the promised return of Jesus. Are you in distress? Well, like Jonah, cry out to God. And when we do that, as we have seen, God hears us. So to my next heading, thirdly, God's answer. Even as Jonah cries out, God is already acting to rescue him from his, from his distress. From a New Testament perspective, we could say that Jonah's cry itself is an aspect of God's grace at work in his heart, softening it, turning it back towards God. So Jonah's prayer, inspired as it is by God, is heard and answered by God. Look at verse 2 again. I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. And verse 6. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord, my God. And verse, in verse 7 he says, My prayer came to you. Are you in distress? Cry out to God and know that God will answer and rescue he is a God who brings life from death. He is the God of resurrection. Through the resurrection of his son, he brings resurrection into our lives. Where we were spiritually dead, he raises us to new life with Christ. Where we are physically dying, as in the end we all are, where we are physically dying, he promises us resurrection to eternal life. Through Christ, when we are in distress, we should cry out to God and God will answer our cry and rescue us. And what then? Well, finally and fourthly, Jonah's thankfulness. Look at verses 8 and 9 where first Jonah acknowledges the trap that he has so narrowly avoided and then he goes on. Verse 8, those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. 
The old Book of Common Prayer speaks of our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. It's following Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, that urges us through Jesus, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. The only possible response we can make to the gift of salvation that we cannot deserve, the gift of Jesus, is thankful obedience. While we wait for resurrection, we're, in a sense, we are a bit like Jonah in the fish. We have been saved, but our salvation has not yet been completed. We know it's coming. Jonah's rescue as well was in two stages. Stage one, he gets swallowed. Stage two, he gets spewed up on the beach and his rescue is completed. The life of faith in Christ is like life in the fish, so to speak. The resurrection life is yet to come, but we are safe in the hands of Jesus. Are you in distress? I would say there's a sense in which we're all in distress in some degree or another. Life is hard this side of heaven. Jonah's story is everyone's story. Are you in distress? Cry out to God. Look out for his answer. And be wholeheartedly thankful as you experience God's saving grace in Jesus. So let's drink deep this lesson that Jonah learns and remember it when the going is tough in our lives. What an amazing experience he had. Amazing experience. Jonah would never have forgotten this lesson, would he? We'll come back over the next couple of weeks for episodes three and four and find out. Let's bow our heads to pray. Heavenly Father, you know our hearts, you know our lives, you know our distress, and we cry to you, and we praise you that you are a merciful and saving God. Teach us by your Holy Spirit, whenever those waves of distress threaten to overwhelm us, teach us to cry out to you and to be full of faith and full of hope. In Jesus' name we pray.